Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. If you are listening for the first time, you can find us on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We are on Instagram at Last Word on Spurs and, of course, Facebook too. You can find us on all different social media and audio platforms. On the audio side, they include iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and pretty much, I want to say, any audio platform you should find us on. Delighted to be back for our second show of the week. We are providing you with a big Big build-up and preview to the Everton game, our first Premier League game. It feels really weird saying that because we haven't really been away for the last three or four weeks. But I'd say a new season coming our way this coming Sunday for Tottenham Hotspur. Delighted to have alongside me, I reckon I joked off air about this, our youngest average age panel since we began. So delighted to welcome Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ricky. And yeah, really looking forward to talking about Premier League action again. So yeah, really looking forward to this one. Yeah, agreed. Nice, isn't it? To be actually looking forward to a, a competitive game, even though, like I said, the season doesn't feel like it was long finished. But also pleased to welcome to the last word on Spurs. I've got two from Lily White Rose, of course, at Lily White underscore Rose for all the very latest news on Tottenham, the youth coming through, the future looking bright for Tottenham, we hope. So pleased to have John back alongside me. John, how are you? Hello, Rick. Yeah, doing very well. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to starting a new season. You know, forget everything that happened in the past. This is a new season. Our players are fresh. Let's see what we do. Totally agree. Totally agree. A lot to look forward to. And joining John from Lily White Roads, we've also got Dan with us as well. Dan, how are you? 
Yeah, very good, Ricky. Pleased to be back on. Um, looking forward to the start of the season. And as much as I, I've enjoyed the documentary, looking forward to seeing the lads in a live format again. Yeah, no, I agree. It's been a bit of a weird kind of couple of weeks, hasn't it? We've been seeing the lads in terms of what it's like in and around uh, Tottenham in general, rather than looking at them on the pitch, doing some analysis of them as people, which has, I think, been quite bizarre in a way. But I think, really, this documentary, at the moment, we're talking to you ahead of the last episodes, the last three coming out. I think it's done Spurs a real favour in terms of in terms of Jose Mourinho so far. I think he's come across ever so well. I think you get to know the players a bit more. But we'll save you that chat, because like I say, we are giving you a final review of those final three episodes coming your way later on next week. That'll be coming your way. So, let's get into it. The big preview for Tottenham. Everton to come on Sunday. Jamie... Let's start with you because Spurs, we're warming up after three wins from four preseason games. We'll be intent on hitting the ground running given our struggles last season. And although the team are going to contend with a massive hectic schedule in the first few weeks of the season due to their involvement in both the Europa League and the Carabao Cup, Spurs actually do have a nice set of league fixtures to come with only Manchester United to play out of last season's top six in the first eight games. What do you think, Jay? this new season holds for us and are you concerned at all about this hectic schedule we've got to come we obviously got a bit of an insight in this documentary into kind of like the christmas period didn't we I and mean, kind of how chaotic that can be and you know you're, you're required to play a game almost every every couple of days and really that's the case for spurs i, I know in one week we're playing a game almost every uh, pretty much every two days and that that's going to be a really big test for spurs um, and I think, do you know what, that's, that, I think that's one of the big frustrations at the moment is why, you know, we're lacking in terms of another striker. And that that would be, I know a lot of supporters will be critical of that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how we manage that. Um, it'd be very interesting to see kind of the lineups that we're going to put out in terms of the League Cup and, and the Europa League. Um, look, I think the Europa League games are going to be very interesting. I think, you know, we've seen on plenty of occasions, those sort of trips can always be tricky and it's it's not, it's, you can't always go and field a completely weakened side. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Jose Mourinho is going to manage it. It's it's nice to supporters to have those sort of games, but that that's going to be a really big test. I think we saw with Wolves um, last season, I think they just kind of ran out of steam at the end. You know, they look really good for long periods um, throughout the season. But, you know, in the end, those those sort of those um, the, the Europa League games that they played at the start of the season and kind of their schedule that they had kind of caught up on them. So I'm interested to kind of see how how Spurs manage it. Also, I'll just sorry, I just add to that as well. I think that Mourinho, I think I've said on occasions before, Mourinho is kind of that manager who, who can kind of adapt his tactics and, and adapt the way that he plays um, to certain, certain situations. So I think, again, that'd be something that I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how he manages it. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a supporter, but for the players, um, yeah, I've got to wish them the best of luck because that, that is a really, really testing period for them. Mm, it is indeed, isn't it? We've got some crazy, crazy games to come in terms of that fixture schedule. And John, coming around to you, if we look at what Spurs have got to come in terms of the Premier League firstly, you know, when you look at what is ahead of us, you know, Mourinho's men could well be up the top of the table come the start of November. And, you know, you do feel that three points is an absolute must this weekend against an Everton side that I know they've made signings, but you do feel they're having probably still to gel, to adapt. Whereas Spurs, I know we've made a couple of signings. God, we want more. We, of course, want that striker. But do you feel, John, going into this game at the weekend, Spurs are in a fairly settled position? Yeah, completely, Rick. To be honest with you, look, I've said this before. If I could have cherry-picked the game to start with, it would have been Everton at home. Their record at Spurs is terrible. We have a very good record at Goodison as well. 
Um, and I just feel like every summer Everton invests huge sums of money. You know, it was only two years ago when people were saying the same. They've won the transfer window when they spent 45 million on Gilfie Sigurdsson. They bought the Spanish striker Sandro Ramirez. Um, they bought Davy Classy. You know, there's a whole host of players they constantly churn out money on who disappoint time and time again. And I'm going to say it's going to be the same this time round. You know, I know they've bought uh, uh, James Rodriguez. I mean, he hasn't done a lot for the last couple of years or since he, he, he excelled for Colombia on the world stage. Um, you know, there's a lot of big transfer fees involved in him and he'll take a bit of time to settle in. I don't see him hitting the ground running. I doubt he'll, I doubt he'll start on, on Sunday. Um, so for me personally, I'm very confident about playing Everton. We played them only in uh, June or July in Project Restart and they came to White Hart Lane. We had a clean sheet against them. We got the three points and they were very, very poor, actually. And I feel like the whole team is full of players. You know, Alex Iwobi for 45 million, Theo Walcott. You know, there's a lot of overpaid, disappointing players in that lineup. The fact that they're also missing Mason Holgate, who, in my opinion, was one of their better players uh, since Project Restart and since uh, Angelotti came in. That'll be a big blow for them. So they're going to be looking at maybe Yerry Mina at the back uh, and whoever will partner him on the night. Um, but, but Mason Holgate was certainly one of one of their first choice at half. So that's a big blow for them. Uh, and they've got Pickford in goal, another big signing who hasn't really performed. Uh, I, I'm just looking at Everton and I see that as a, as a great start for Tottenham, regardless of the money they've spent. And, and I think they'll continue to spend. Uh, do I think they're good enough to even finish uh, or even challenge the top six? Absolutely not. You know, I look at sides like Wolves have got a better squad than them. Arsenal have got a better squad than them. Um, so I, I don't see them challenging that top six. We are going to focus more on Everton shortly, but just to bring it round to you, Dan, you know, we have seen some of Spurs' new signings get their first real taste of training. We saw Matt Doherty, who's had to wait over a week to get down to business on the training pitch at Hotspur Way, completed his move to the club from Wolves at the end of August. And the 28-year-old was on his travels again as he joined up with the Republic of Ireland squad for their UEFA Nations League matches against Bulgaria and Finland, stating that at the time he had only the opportunity to meet a few of his teammates when he was training at the ground to complete the formalities of his transfer. Doherty finally got to meet a few more after linking up with the majority of the squad and given it was his first session with the team, he's really been putting in the hard work to try and catch Jose Mourinho's eyes ahead of the Everton game. Would you, in your opinion, I know we're going to look at the team later, have you got any concerns, Dan, about throwing in, let's say, players from the very start? I don't think so. Not with the signings we've made over the summer who, far from marquee signings, are signings that exactly in the positions that we needed. They're players like Hoybier, Doherty, who are Premier League experienced. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to worry about throwing him in. Um, he'll be able to hit the ground running, I would assume, and hope, uh, like the team need to. The, the new signings fit in straight away, and especially given the weaknesses in the areas that they're, they're there to address. Um, Neither Hoybier or um, Doherty also tend to get injured. Um, I hope, given what we saw last season, that that continues um, because we're going to need them to play all these games that are going to come thick and fast. And I don't think we've, we've ever really seen it, a fixture list quite like it. So it, it is difficult to predict how, how it's going to pan out. But I think um, the squad will be, will be right up for it. I think it's a clean slate, really. It felt like... Project Restart was was one, but then you looked at the table and we were well behind all the teams that we wanted to be chasing. So come Sunday, um, they'll be ready. We've had enough preseason. The, the international players have had quite a few minutes. Um, they should still be fresh as long as we weren't too exhausted at the back end of last season. 
Um, and as John said, um, I think pound for pound, it, comparing positions, we're superior to Everton. Two out of their three exciting signings definitely won't play, I don't think. So um, I'm pretty confident. Like I say, we are going to look at Everton's squad in a bit more depth soon. But coming around to you, Jay, we saw Tuesday's training session also see the likes of Harry Winks back on the training pitch preparing for Sunday's match. The midfielder had actually played in Spurs' first pre-season game against Ipswich Town, but was in absent for the next two against Reading and Birmingham City. Spurs didn't actually disclose the 24-year-old was missing for the first two friendlies, but it was then confirmed he had to withdraw from the England squad for their UEFA Nations League games. However, the good news is that he is back in training. And with Spurs, it appears to be that he's in contention to make his return when the league kicks off this weekend. Jay, are you quite relieved that we've got the opportunity there to have Harry Winks available to the game? Definitely. I think because as well, like we will be missing this Giovanni Lachelsa. I think that he will miss a couple of games. Um, it seems to be he seems to have a slight issue. So we'll obviously get um, a better picture of kind of what will happen with Lachelsa um, tomorrow, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Harry Winks, you know, he, I think, you know, definitely it's really important that we finally address that whole in midfield issue. I think for the last two seasons, you know, we've had that partnership of the likes of Harry Winks and Moussa Soko. We've never really had that holding midfielder. So I, I think one thing I'll be I'll be quite happy to see is having like Harry Winks have that freedom, be able to go forward. I think that Lachelso had that sort of last season when he was played um, in the centre central midfield. He didn't really have that license to always go forward and kind of express himself. He was having to do more of a defensive role. So having a guy that's more disciplined um, and that will do more that defensive role, I think that will be interesting if you have Harry Winks and see kind of see what he can do because I think that he is a very good technical footballer. I just feel as though maybe over the last two years he's kind of been limited in what he's been able to do. So yeah, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see um, kind of whether he starts or not. Um, you know, obviously just come back from injury. So I, I, I'm guessing it will be kind of, you know, a decision will be made soon. But yeah, so I, I definitely think that I'm happy to have Harry Winks back. We've seen Mourinho use the four pre-season friendlies to really give the opportunity to players that are on the periphery of the first team. The likes of Jack Clark, Cameron Carter-Vickers, who both spent last season on loan at two different championship clubs, were handed rare opportunities to put on a Spurs shirt and show what they can do. While the former impressed off the bench against Ipswich, this other game was pretty quiet for both of them. The latter didn't really look out of place um, in terms of the team, but both continue, John, to be involved in first-team training at Hotspur Way, and they could both potentially feature later this month due to the amount of games we've got coming up. And also, fellow youngsters, you'll need no introduction to these, John. The likes of Harvey White, Dennis Serkin, they also continue to train with the squad after catching Munio's eye since his November arrival. Out of interest, John, out of pre-season, who's impressed you the most out of the youth? It's a sort of tie for me between any of, of Harvey White, Dennis Serkin, and then also Cam Carter-Vickers. I mean, Cam's come in, having you know he's been on five loan spells in the championship. He seems to have a lot of opportunities pre-season, but actually, he's looked really fine in these games. And it's got me thinking, you know, would he be fine just dropping into a Premier League match? I think he probably would. Um, I think he looks very solid. His reading of the ball's really good. You know, he's a full uh, USA international. He's had a lot of experience with the States, playing with them from a, a very young age. Uh, and he's obviously built up a lot of experience in the championship, playing a range of roles from centre-half, left-back or right-back. Um, and, and I sort of, I see the fees being talked about with Carl Vickers, you know, possibly going on another loan or, you know, saying that Spurs would accept two and a half mil. I actually think he's probably worth around five to six mil. He, he, he excelled at Luton. And a lot of Luton fans will tell you that the only reason they stayed up was owing to the signing of him. He sort of revolutionised their defence since joining in January. Um, 
and I think he'd probably do okay. So I think a lot of those players, like you mentioned, Rick, the likes of Jack Clark as well. Uh, he looked, he looked, you know, it was nice actually to see a winger running at fullbacks and, and causing problems. All right, it wasn't always successful, but you know, it's bringing me back to the likes of Aaron Lennon and and you know, direct wingers we've had in the past. Um, so I, I probably think with those players they will get some minutes, uh, maybe against the likes of Plodiv in the uh, Europa League. Uh, and obviously we've got that extended uh, loan to the championship or sale to the championship window open until uh, some point in in early October. So I think the players will probably hang around until that point and, and then decisions will be made on them. But I think they'll all get game time, as you said, White. Uh, and then others to look out for who featured in pre-season, Dane Scarlett and Alfie Devine. You know, the, the club and Mourinho obviously trust them to be involved. Uh, so I think we may still see them uh, feature as well. Dan, coming round to you, this plan needs no introduction. Spurs fans got their first glimpse of Tungy and Dombele in pre-season action on Saturday in the defeat to Watford. Not involved, as we know, in the first three friendlies. The Frenchman got himself 45 minutes under his belt. And you would like to think, Dan, I would like to think he thinks like this way, he'll be hoping to play for a bit longer on Sunday against Everton. But he has a real tough task to maybe get into Mourinho's first team plans, given the options now in his midfield. We are, like I say, going to come on to the team a bit later on. But um, what's your feeling on Ndombele? Could he potentially be involved for you, Dan? I hope so. I think if he's not involved in the first three games or so, when we're, we're in need of every single squad player to make contributions, then we really will give up on him. But um, you've got to treat it as another fresh start for him. Um, I think... It will be very interesting to see him alongside Hoybier, uh, which we haven't seen yet. Um, you'd think that the their qualities complement each other. Um, you know, Hoybier to be able to pick up the pieces, break up the play, and Dombele to carry it forward um, and be a real link and have a, a real proper solid midfield uh, combo that is well balanced, which I think we've really been lacking that with the as good as Winks and Sissoko have tried, it hasn't really worked as a midfield and a midfield that has been bypassed all too easily. So to have all these options in the different combinations that hopefully we'll be able to to play around with um, should hold us in good stead. That's exactly what we've been lacking and what they've addressed first and foremost in this window. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But I, I would start him, I think. We'll get onto that later. Um, but yeah, let's let's still not give up on him yet. I'm I'm with you, Dan. I mean, listen, for me, I wouldn't give up on him personally. I know many Spurs fans feel that maybe we do need to move him on. We need to go and invest that money elsewhere. I mean, Jay, coming back round to you, I think key to Ondombele impressing Mourinho, of course, is what he does in the training. And you know, you, you have to wonder. Again, I know people look way way too into this, but um, Tuesday he was pictured or spotted with like a snood over his head once again, despite the vast majority of the team wearing shirts and shorts due to the nice weather in North London. I mean, I can't quite understand it, Jay. You know, you're wearing a snood over the summer, despite the baking temperatures in the capital. I mean, it's clear to see it's a permanent fixture when it comes to his training attire. Do you have any concerns or reservations in terms of how he's training at the moment, Jay? Do you think we are still going to be having an opportunity to get the best out of this guy? It's really difficult to kind of, obviously we don't know that what's going on in training. And so it's obviously difficult to kind of give an answer in that respect. But look, you know, everyone says, yeah, if he goes to another club, he'll be a really great player. But the only thing that I care about is what he's going to be like at Spurs. Um, and at the moment, he's just not cut it. And it just feels as though he's not really applying himself in training because you feel as though if he was, he'd be given more opportunities. 
And it just feels as though, you know, Jose Mourinho has done it with a couple of players now where he's kind of frozen players out that he doesn't want and doesn't think that they're going to work hard enough. And, it, it, you know, and then Tom Belli just doesn't show, it just doesn't seem like he's, he's kind of shown that willingness to improve. I would love him to be a, a great player for Spurs. I was so excited when we signed him because, you know, this was one of the best central midfielders, best young central midfielders in Europe. And we finally managed to land him. And it was a you know, really big statement of intent. He's such a big talent. But, you know, if you don't have that right attitude, then you're just not going to make it. I think we've seen, you know, an example, Ravel Morrison, um, you know, a guy that had all the talent in the world. You've got all these Man United players talking him up, but he just didn't have that attitude. And, and maybe you could argue uh, Marcus Edwards was another one. But I think, you know, you look at how well he's done when he's gone to another place and, you know, that new environment has suited him better, clearly. But... With Ndombele, I mean, it's, you know, it's so frustrating. I just feel as though maybe Spurs are at that stage where you can't have a player who's on those sort of wages that you paid that sort of fee for to kind of be hanging around. You know, Spurs do need to rebuild. We need to go and get that second striker. We need other areas of the team. And, and Ndombele is just dead wood at the moment. Um, so it, it does look like he will be staying at Spurs just because kind of in the, you know, the current climate, no one's going to be giving Spurs their, that you know anywhere near their money back, and especially off the back of the season that he's just had. So, look, it's you know it's all about hoping that Pochettino, of course, said it as well. He said he's going to take 18 months. So you know maybe we might see something this season, but you know I, I, unfortunately I'm not so confident that we, we're going to see the best of Don at Spurs. It is a real shame because I, I do feel there's a genuinely great player in there, but I do understand what you boys are saying that if we're not going to see the quality at Tottenham then we are going to have to make a decision in terms of, like I say, if we do move him on, we have to invest that money. I can't believe I'm saying this right now. I know we are going to bring it on to transfer targets later, but you know we are days away from the start of the season and we've still not addressed the striker issue. I mean, this has been going on for a very long time. I know, John, I saw your reply to the uh, last one on Spurs tweet about you know you wouldn't swap Kane for the, for the, uh, for the strikers that we had. And I totally get that in terms of Berbatov, uh, Defoe, and, of course, Robbie Keane. I just can't quite believe, though, we're in this situation where we haven't yet signed a striker. And I just generally hope that, you know, this window of opportunity, we are going to get someone miraculous. And, I mean, sticking with you, John, here, you know, there wasn't a sign of Lacelso, Tanganga and Danny Rose in the training on Tuesday. We haven't really, as Jamie seen and said, seen much of Lacelso. He's been absent for most of pre-season, which, again, automatically places his involvement against the Merseyside outfit in doubt. We know we're going to hear from Jose Mourinho later on today, in his press conference where we'll get some information as to what's going to happen with Lacelso. And as we understand it, he won't be featuring. That's what we understand here at the last word on Spurs. Are you concerned, John, by the lack of Lacelso? What that does for Tottenham in terms of creativity when already we're having concerns about Ndombele's commitment and application to Spurs generally? It's a massive loss. I, I wouldn't even include uh, Ndombele in the same conversation. We've not seen anything from Ndombele. So, you know, Ndombele is a lot of hype and, and, and potential and, and YouTube clips. But what he's done in the Tottenham shirt is very, very little. So I wouldn't really, you know, we can't really tell he's missing because we haven't, he's not played to be missed, if that makes sense. We've not seen him do much yeah, for Tottenham. I agree. So I totally agree. Yeah. Whereas Lichelso, it has played for Tottenham and delivered for Tottenham. You know, Lichelso has been a phenomenal. From when he got in the team around November time onwards, he made things happen. You know, he was that creative spark that we've been missing. And I know sometimes people say, oh, he didn't get many assists or many goals, but he was always the one that was making the pass that was leading up to the assist, you know, like what Luka Modric did for us very well. So, you know, Lacelso not playing is going to be a huge blow. He's obviously not going to play. Um, it was obviously some sort of injury. It could be uh, backdated to that injury he had before the project restart, you know. So we'll find out from that, I'm sure, from Mourinho tomorrow. Um, and that's a huge blow, in my opinion. We may see something a bit like we did in uh, 
the pre-season game, the first one against Ipswich, where actually um, Hoybier was playing in a far more advanced role than what we thought we bought him for. It could be someone like Sizoko or, or, or Winks, if he's fit, sit back a little bit. And Hoybier is actually the one putting that press on. And obviously, we all thought we bought this, you know, solid defensive midfielder. But actually, we saw in that game, he's quite good at playing a more advanced role. So we could see that or we could see Winks do that, as Jamie said. Uh, and we saw Winks do that for England in the game as well uh, in the previous set of internationals. So there are, there are some options there. But look, Lacelso, if he was missing for any team, would be a big blow because he's that good a player. The midfield for Tottenham, you know, at the moment, creativity-wise, I mean, Hoybier there is the break-up play. You wonder, like, say, if Winks or Soko, you know, have we got enough creativity there? I know we've got Son, we've got Bergvine in the team, Harry Kane, of course, is there. But I do think Spurs, you know, this central attacking midfield area... I don't know what you think, Dan. Do you think Spurs are still lacking a potential player in that central attacking midfield? Would you look for, you know, in this kind of last couple of weeks of the window to try and sign someone? Ideally, yes. Um, probably unlikely, given we still haven't got a second striker. I think a lot of fans' favourite players over the years will be the creative midfield types, the number 10s. Um, Ericsson replacing him didn't really go to plan. I think I'm slightly worried about Lucelso and his what seems to be niggling injuries. Um, we haven't really had an explanation of them. We'll see what we'll see what's said tomorrow. Um, we don't want to be we don't want to have a player that's an enigma in a different way to end on Bele in that we see the quality when he does play, but then tends to have quite a few absences. Um, that's something which has played Lamella's career at Spurs. Um, it's potentially a slot that Lamella could have stepped in for, but I personally don't have much faith in him that he's able to to be the creative player that we'd, we'd really want to push on. Um, I saw bits of the Watford game and Lamella was very poor in that, and that's usually when, pre-season is usually when he's at his best. Um, so ideally, we we would get someone in that position I don't think it would happen I don't think we've even particularly been linked with with someone there apart from the odd kind of cheeky comparison to or getting uh, Ericsson back given that he seems surplus to requirements already um, so we're gonna have to stick with what we have but what we do have is quite a few options when everyone's fit which is what we haven't seen yet given all the injuries last season so Son, Bergwijn, Lucas combining with a new solid, a forceful midfield. Um, maybe we don't need someone else. We shall wait and see, won't we? I mean, like I say, I think with time to go on the window, we remain optimistic that business will still be done. Um, Jay, let's ask you very quickly. We are going to come on to targets later. Are you concerned about Spurs, that central midfield? I mean, I know we've got Soko, we've got Winks there. You know, we've got players that can come in. But there doesn't seem to be, obviously, anyone that I feel at the moment that really kind of grabs you. Because, you know, Dombele, you look at his form. The Celso is a concern of his injury at the moment. Are you really worried going into the start of some really, really crucial games for Tottenham that come over such a crazy period? Have we got mm. enough quality in that central midfield, Jay, to supplement the likes of Bergvine, Son, Kane? Is there enough there for yeah. you? Yeah, and Dombele and Lacelso, well, debatable whether Ndombele is actually a miss, but of course Lacelso is a big miss for Spurs, and that that does mean that there will be kind of that lack of creativity. But again, you know, I'll bring it back to, to what I said earlier about Winks. I do think that having a hole in midfielder in there will allow Harry Winks to to become a better player. I think we've you know we've seen a lot on a lot of occasions previously. Um, you know, I remember his performance against Barcelona in the Champions League a few years ago. He was fantastic. So 
again, you know, you've got that holding midfielder in there. It's going to allow other players to express themselves. Um, it's difficult, though, in reality, to actually see another central midfielder uh, coming in. As Dan said, you know, we haven't even addressed that that striker issue yet. So, you know, it does suggest that maybe there isn't a great deal of money there at the moment or, or, or that the club are, are willing to spend. So I don't see another central midfielder coming in. But I'm interested to see how Harry Winks gets on. Um, I really like him. I think, as I said, I think he's a really great technical player and will hugely benefit from having a, a more defensive-minded midfielder in, in there. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing Harry Winks. John, coming around to you just to finish up on this topic, are you concerned going into the start of the season? I know you're always optimistic about the squad and, you know, the quality that we've got there. We are going to come on, like I said, to targets later, but is there any reservations for you that we're days away from the start of a Premier League season and yet you still look at the situation where we haven't yet got that striker? For me, the midfield, don't get me wrong, attacking areas, you know, wide areas, we have got some depth, don't get me wrong, but that real central midfield where you want someone to take control of that game run it for you like an engine. I mean, Ericsson, we know the contribution of goals and assists. We don't quite have that in this team at the moment. Does that worry you at all going into the start of the season? Two points I want to pick up on. So you said we've got strength and depth on the wings, and I, I completely agree with you. I mean, other than Liverpool, I think we've got the best wing forwards in the Premier League. You know, you've got Son, Mora and Bergwijn. They're all very, very good players. Some the, the pick of the bunch, but, you know, very, very good players who will all chip in and score goals. And we're talking about who's going to create the chances for the forwards here. And who, wh- wh- why aren't we talking about Deli Ali? What's Deli Ali doing? You know, we need Deli Ali to, to pull out his finger and deliver. So true. Basically. So true. Yeah. We, we, yeah. yeah th- this is a man that, that two seasons ago was, was worth 150 million after that night against Real Madrid at Wembley, scoring braces at Stamford Bridge. You know, we need Deli Ali to stand up now and deliver. He's had pre season, he played in a lot of the games, and he did fairly well in a few of the early games. I'm looking forward to Deli Ali putting his name down on the map and saying he wants to go to for England at Euro 21 as a starter, never mind just making it in the squad above the likes of Grealish and Madison and these guys, you know. So, you know, it's a time for him to deliver, really. Uh, and the same for Eric Lamella, you know. I've got, I've got no faith that when the time's called upon that we need him to play, that he'll be injury-free and, and ready to, to put on a shirt. Um, but look, there's a lot of games coming up here, plod diff, and, and if we beat them the next round of the Europa League against some sort of lesser sides and the either Orient or, or Plymouth tie. So there's games here that if players can't perform in these games, they shouldn't really be at Tottenham Hotspur. That's fair. Listen, I think it's a perfect way to kind of go for a break. After we return, we are discussing Everton and looking at their team, the business they've done this summer and the threat they will pose to Tottenham at the weekend. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this short break in a real MNF special coming your way. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. You heard the music. We're doing a special MNF for you now. We're looking at Everton in focus. We're going to be looking at the Tottenham team to take on the Everton side at the weekend. Big game, first game of the season. We are trying to be excited about it, although you can hear the concern, the worry in my voice. I still don't think we've done enough business. I still don't think we are ready as what we could be and what we should be. 
But when do I ever feel Tottenham going to a season with all of their options? I mean, if you've listened to me over the last three to four years, I'm never satisfied with a team. <laughs> Jamie knows I always want signings. John knows it as well. But yeah, John and Jamie, they're always optimistic. John is one of the most optimistic Spurs fans I know. So, Dan, let's come round to you because we're going to turn our focus to Everton generally because they are back in the capital on Sunday afternoon after just two months since their last visit to Spurs, losing, of course, just the one goal to nil in what was, I've got to be honest with you, one of the most awful games I think I've actually ever had the displeasure to watch. Um, we got the win, which was the most important thing. It was a Michael Keane own goal midway through that first half. And I think Carlo Angelotti will be hoping for a much better performance as the new season kicks off. Tell us what you've made for you, Dan, of Everton's business this summer. And, yeah, what's their thoughts for the season? Because you would think with the money they've got spent, with the hiring of Carlo Angelotti, they'll be looking to try and break into this top six, top four pyramid, won't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they've spent an absolute fortune in recent years, not even just on their, their transfers, on hiring and firing on managers that they were sniffing after as Silva and then Allardyce and really expensive to pay him off. They finally got a manager with proper calibre. Um, so and they've spent again so you'd think it would be now now or never um as as a, a opposition fan you don't really end up being scared when you're playing Everton similar to what John was saying it feels like it doesn't matter how many people they sign or what regime they have they they don't really achieve anything they don't go far in any competitions they barely see them in a semi-final our record's been good against them um You'd, given it was such a disjointed season last season, it, it was pretty hard to judge. The, the game we had against them at home, as you were saying, was was a pretty strange game. We got our deflected goal and there, there was no reaction from them at all. And that was off the back of our game against Sheffield United when confidence was at a, a, a pretty much season low. Um, so they could have really got at us. They didn't. Um, I think they'll be well drilled. As I said, a lot of their new players won't won't feature. I think Alan will out of their new signings. Um, Calvert-Lewin did did quite well in the second half of their season, but I think that happens when they tend to attack a bit more when they've been slightly conservative in a in a lot of games. Um, so I think they they'll they'll probably grow into the season, but where where their model is based on high-profile summer signings, um, you don't necessarily expect them to start that quickly which is means it's a good time to play them I hope you're right Dan I, I do generally hope you're right I mean let's come around to you Jamie because we've seen Everton aside that over this last 12 months who genuinely feel they could probably push you know into that top six you know they've the rivals, the likes of Andre Gomez, of course, as we know very, very well. The signing of Moise Keane from Juventus as well as others. They finished 12th last season, 10 points behind Spurs in the last European spot. And adding to their squad was a necessity, of course, for Angelotti. And that's exactly what the Italian has finally managed to do so far in the leading up to this game at North London. He's made some signings. We've seen Allen, who was the first to arrive for a region of fee of €22 million Euros as he joined from Napoli with the Blues pulling off a big coup on Monday evening as well, with James Rodriguez finally signing on the dotted line from Real Madrid. They've also signed Watford midfielder Abdoulaye Decore, who was then finalised 24 hours later. In what, again, Jay, we, you know, we, we tell us a lot about Everton trying to make a real statement of a market. Are you concerned at all, Jay? Are they going to be anywhere near us this season? If I ask you to kind of tell me, contention-wise, should we have any concerns about Everton yeah. this season? 
Well, f- firstly, I was gonna, I was it's funny. I was, was going to say the same as Dan. It does feel as though maybe it is the right time to kind of play them with all their new signings. I think that they won't kind of kind of be at that stage yet where they're all maybe not won't have all gelled um, and and probably won't be in contention to play. So I think in that respect, it is you know maybe it's quite a good time to play them. But they do strike me as three signings that are Ancelotti's players and got, and people that he's identified um, and, and gone and signed. They're three very experienced players as well. I mean, James Rodriguez, um, despite obviously his recent form, he's a guy who's you know experienced that top level of European football. Alan was a guy who you know was starting for Napoli last season and played a big part for Napoli. And then of course Decore, you know he's been well experienced in the Premier League um, and done very well in the Premier League. So for me, I think that that's always a big thing when you go and sign the manager's targets rather than maybe identifying players and then saying here you go go and use these players that we've signed for you. It does feel as though they've gone and got three players that the manager wanted. Um, and another thing that, that does strike me as well is obviously Ancelotti is a very big name and they wouldn't have landed the likes of Rodriguez and Allen if they hadn't got Ancelotti. And, and that, that's a frustration for me at Spurs. You know, we've got a manager, Jose Mourinho. You know, that's a big name. There should be lots of players that want to come and play for him. And, and it just doesn't feel like we've kind of used advantage of that so far. And that's something that I would like to maybe go and see us do. We've got a big name manager now who, who's got a you know, wealth of contacts, who's extremely well respected around Europe. So I would like to see us, you know, do something like Everton. You know, it is frustrating that we can't go and operate in a similar manner to Everton. You know, they spent a lot of money. Um, I personally think that Spurs are going to have a good season. So I, I think that we will be quite clear of Everton. But they have, in fairness to me, they have, in fairness, done some some pretty good business, and I I am quite confident, given that they are the manager signings, that they will eventually all come good. And coming around to you, John, you know we've seen that this Everton's trio trying to drastically improve the midfield, and providing they all start, they could give Mourinho and Spurs an opening day headache. To be honest with you, I mean it was all rather easy for Spurs in the last meeting between the two sides. I don't know this time around, John, if it will be like that. I mean I know you still feel very confident that because of the fact that they've only just brought these players in, it may take some time for them to settle. What do you see game-wise in terms of tactical, how Everton will line up? Do you know at the moment? Is it difficult to say because of these some of the, well, because of some of these signings at, this, at present moment in time? No, I just think history tells you that, that I'm very confident we're playing Everton. You know, I just think they are massive, massive uh, di- disappointments and, and underachievers constantly. We've talked about the money they spent on players. The mayor of Liverpool is also a shameless Everton fan and bends over to sort of allow them to, to get on with these stadium plans and special reduced rates on buying land to improve this site that they're putting the new stadium on. And, you know, constant everything to try and help Everton at all times. And all they do is disappoint time and time again. And, and I'm just very, very confident about playing them. We only played them a couple of months ago and they were awful on that night. You know, we just, as Dan said, we just come off the back of a really demoralising performance at Sheffield United where everything went wrong for us. They should have been coming to us and thinking, right, let's get older Tottenham and let's, you know, let, let's put ourselves about a bit. But they didn't even show up. You know, they had a, a side full of un, overpaid, underperforming players that just don't get up for it. And, you know, these new signings they've got, you know, I don't see many of them starting. Even if they do start, I feel like our players are better than them. You know, the two world-class players that will be on the pitch will both be playing in Lily White, in Harry Kane and Son. Um you know, I'm just very confident about playing Everton. I really am. I think we'll see the game plan. Yeah, that's a little bit more difficult to determine. Depends on who starts for Everton. But based on the game we played with them two months ago, they'll show very little ambition in going forward. They'll sit deep. 
uh, and they'll try and frustrate us. But I just think our players are too good for that. I just think Sonny, pre-season, has looked absolutely on flames. Uh, Stephen Bergwijn, you know, his confidence is going to be bang high after going away with his country and scoring a vital goal in a 1-0 win. I just think we'll have too much for Everton. You know, they've, they've got this character from, this is England 66 in goal. Um, he's been a huge disappointment at 35 mil. Yes, I'm yes. very confident, Rick. Very, very confident, honestly. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Dan, one of the things that was very interesting in Jose Mourinho's last well, last press conference when he was discussing the Everton game, which we won, was that he alluded to the fact that he always felt in control, even when Everton had the possession. He mentioned the point that the performance was very solid. He doesn't know if you know he had the same feeling as he was on the bench, but his feeling was the game was always under control. Never really felt, even in the moments that we didn't have the ball, that we was under any real threat. I just wonder, on that basis, whether Everton are going to look to maybe change their game plan and approach the game differently. Because you look at Everton's midfield back in July... It didn't exactly scream out creativity. And if anything, it was their weak point at Spurs, which helped us come out on top. At the time, they had Andre Gomez still trying to recapture his form after that horrific ankle injury he sustained in the reverse fixture back in November. They had Tom Davis, Gilfie Sigurdsson, way off their best for months. But it is a real change now, isn't it? Because they have got Allen, who is the man who will try and stop the Lily Whites playing and breaking up play and getting his team moving forward. They've got DeCorey, who, to be fair... Whenever I watched him at Watford, he was a real powerful box-to-box midfielder who can punish teams with his strong running. And then, of course, they've got Rodriguez, who can not only tee up chances for Richarlison and Dominic Calvin-Lewin due to his vision and eye for a pass, but he can also find the back of the net on a regular basis. You know, And we are going to need, for us, the likes of Pierre-Emile Hoiberg on his debut to really do a good job defensively, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. I think it was... A personnel issue really for Everton last season more than anything else um they wouldn't have intended to be that poor probably um they also had nothing to play for which probably didn't help as well but they they had just a complete nothing midfield really Davis Gordon people like that offered offered very little and they've bought a whole new midfield so you would expect them to improve in that area um, but let's not forget they wanted Hoybier first and foremost before Duke Decore and anyone else and that's who we got so already we've compared our what would be our normal starting 11s and our signings um, and we had the players over over them um, in terms of the new players and then new ones won't be playing. Um, so you would think that though with something to play for um, and the odd new injection of, of personnel that and the, how poor they were last season that we will face an improved Everton. But um not so much that should worry us too much. What's your feelings, Jay, very quickly, just if Everton do unleash all those free signings together at the once, can you see that being a problem for Tottenham or as is the theme of the show so far, there seems to be a real, real kind of feeling that, you know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, you know, it may take them some time to settle. Is that how you see it, Jay? I think the guys do make a great point. Look, in the past, Everton have gone big and they have, you know, ultimately failed. But again, as I said, I think they have gone and got players that are manager's choice and players that are experienced. So, you know, there's no young players. It's, you know, what, you know, potential. There's no, look, we've given the manager these players now go and, you know, go and use them. It's experienced players and managers and the players that the manager wanted. So, um, again, I just don't feel as though that those sort of players, that the, the three that they've signed, I don't think all of them will be in contention. So I don't think that's something that we'll have to worry about anyway. 
Um, but, you know, they are experienced. So I do feel as though they will eventually hit the ground running. But, you know, that first game, it does feel as though maybe it will become a bit too soon for, for those three players to start. We are going to go for a very quick break. Taking you into that break, we've got the guys from Toffee TV, the big YouTube channel, looking ahead to this game for us in an opposition preview. When we return, we are discussing what the team will be for Spurs to take on Everton. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this final break of the show. The Opposition View. Hi, this is Ped from Toffee TV. So Tottenham Hotspur versus Everton this Sunday. Um, yeah, really hard to know what to expect from this game. First game of the season, of course. Always always a strange one, but obviously it's going to be even stranger this year with no fans in the ground. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that we played Spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Obviously a disappointing 1-0 defeat that night, but really, you know... It probably should have been a nil-nil draw if it hadn't been for a bit of a fluky own goal. Um, Everton, obviously, end of the season, got some results, but never really played well. Those areas in the team have been rectified, um, bringing in Decore, bringing in Allen into centre midfield, which really was our big, big problem. We've obviously brought in James Rodriguez as well to add that little bit of flair that maybe we just didn't have. Gilfie Sigurdsson last season had a really, really poor season and never really got going. Um, That wasn't really helped, though, because there was no one around him. You know, we'd lost Garner Gay. We'd brought in Gabamon, who got injured quite early and was out for the entire season. So we just had a midfielder, basically creative type players even though not too many of them creative now we've brought in players who can put their foot in tackle add a little bit of energy that might help Gilfie Sigurdsson it might not because he might not play so (laughs) that'll be interesting to see Um, but certainly we've addressed the areas that we needed to address which was the centre midfield Um, for the rest of the team you know obviously Jordan Pickford will start in goal and the centre backs will be Mina and Michael Keane has just signed a new contract. Um, obviously, Mason Holgate got injured last week and, and it looks like he could be out for a few weeks. So with them two starting, Luca Dean starting at left back. The right back one's an interesting one because it'll probably be Seamus Coleman again. Uh, we have got John Joe Kenny back from Schelke. He was on loan there last season, but don't think he's good enough and I think that's an area Everton will be looking to improve long term. Midfield, I, I imagine if it's 4 4 2, it'd probably be Decore and Allen. Uh, obviously, Decore's got that Premier League experience, so he'll go straight in there. And I imagine if Allen's levels are good, he'll start the game as well. Um, James Rodriguez, I, I think personally he'll, he'll start on the bench. I think you've just got to take everything into consideration. He's only trained for a few days, didn't play a lot of football last year. He's, had, he's got, you know. Injury record's not brilliant, so I think they'll ease him into Premier League football. So it could be that Theo Walcott. Yes, Theo Walcott starts for us on the right if we're playing a 4-4-2. And on the left, it'll probably be either Bernard or young Anthony Gordon. It looks like a Wobie, another favourite of you Spurs fans, will be missing through an injury. Um, And then up front, it'll be Dominic Carvalho-Lewin and Richarlison, who will hope to 
get more opportunities with some of the midfield players being more closer to them, you'd like to think. Unless we play 4-3-3, which has been used a couple of times in pre-season or sometimes in games in pre-season, that might mean Andre Gomez comes into the side. That might mean um, Sigurdsson comes into the side. That might mean Moise Keane comes into the side and plays in one of the wide positions. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. A lot Everton fans are really positive at the moment due to the fact we've brought the three players in. We're hoping maybe for a couple of more possible loan deals just to fill the gaps for this season. But I think the manager has addressed the areas that we really, really needed to address, which was sentiment field, because we were absolutely toothless in there. And I, as you'll probably remember from the game we played against you, Gary Neville was massively scathing of um, Gilfie Sigurdsson that night. And, you know, things have been said about some of our other players as well. We're just, we're just really toothless, or we're really toothless last season. Um, and it was one of the reasons we were so poor for certainly the first half of the season and towards the end of the season but as I said the manager has addressed that situation so it's going to be an interesting one I'm sure both teams will want to start undefeated um, it's a tough game for, for both sides obviously Spurs have brought in a couple of new players and Jose Mourinho will be hoping they will help in key areas so Looking forward to it. It's always just always that worry that first game of the season that you're going to get beat. But hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a positive result for us. But we'll have to wait and see. Thanks. The opposition view. Hello and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Final part of the show in this MNF special for us. Looking ahead to the big game to come against Everton at the weekend. John, we're going to try our best to go through the Spurs team and try and decipher. Who's going to be in and who's going to be out of the team? Now, I'm going to make things a bit easier for you. I am going to say that Hugo Lloris will start in goal. I don't think Joe Hart has quite done enough on the basis of that last preseason game against um, Watford, where um, you can judge for yourself whether you feel that was unsighted or whether he should have kept that one out against Watford. But um, we'll stick with Hugo Lloris in goal to start off with. Defence. This is now the key, isn't it, John, about who we're going to see. Are we going to see some debuts being made here? Because Matt Doherty, it could see John on Sunday, his first start for Spurs following his move from Wolves. Now, he's met, as we mentioned earlier in the show, a few of the team at Hotspur Way. He's had the chance to train for the first time on Thursday. I would imagine again on Friday, when you're listening to this show, again, he's had the chance to train. Is Matt Doherty, John, in your starting eleven? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I feel like you know, he made over 50 appearances for Wolves last year. He knows the Premier League inside out. Um, he'll, he'll slot straight in and be an instant upgrade on Serge Aurier uh, in the Tottenham team. So that'd be crazy not to select him. And just as another one of one-upmanship over Everton, I noticed that in the recent Republic of Ireland games, he was picked in front of Seamus Coleman That's on both occasions. Very interesting point that is. OK, so uh, let's all just go with that across the board. Let's get a yes from everybody. Um, let's go across to Jamie. Let's get a yes and no. Jamie, is Matt Doherty in your team for the weekend making his debut? Yeah, I'd definitely start Matt Doherty. Um, and then, of course, you know, be inter- I think the one interesting thing for me will be um, it, at Wolves, he obviously played a wing-back role. Yes, um, yeah. And now he'll obviously be asked to slot into a back four. So I think that'll be interesting to kind of see how that works out. Now, obviously, I think we've seen, um, you know, Jose Mourinho when he did his analysis on, on Sky Sports. Um, I think it was the Tottenham-Everton game. He spoke about having a more attacking right-back. And, and Doherty would definitely fit that. So, 
yeah, I'm interested to see how that works out. But yeah, definitely starting for me on the weekend. Okay, and Dan, finally over to you. Are we going to have a full house series? Matt Doherty going to make his Spurs debut? Yeah, sorry to be boring, but <laughs> it's got to be Doherty. I think one of the reasons we signed him is to slot in straight away. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm not Aurea's biggest fan. Um, he, he's, he's a great character and you can, mm. oh, you yeah. can see it in all or nothing um, and, and he's popular in the dressing room but I, I'm just too sick of seeing him make silly mistakes at the back and then despite his um, quite relatively good statistics in terms of assist constant crosses that don't go past the first man um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Doherty going forward as much as anything else and like Jamie said uh, even though it's going to be in a back four which is what he hasn't necessarily been accustomed to in our kind of lopsided um, Davis staying back um, the formation that we have it, it should suit him still yep. it must be said on Aurea um, it does appear that he will start the season out of the team following the summer edition as we mentioned of McAtee, who look, we all agree will be in that Spurs team come this Sunday but it's worth saying that Aurea he had been a regular under Mourinho since he was replaced by Maurizio Pochettino at the helm. Um, the ex-PSG man has been linked with a move to AC Milan prior to this summer transfer window. As we understand it, there is interest as well from Bayer Leverkusen. This one may very much go down to the end of the window. I think from what we can gauge, Jay, and please tell me if I'm wrong here, Jamie, that it does appear Daniel Levy is absolutely adamant that he will not allow a penny less than what he actually bought Aurea for to go out the door. Is that what you think as well, Jamie? There's no way Aurea's leaving for less than the money we signed him for. I think the other thing as well is, you know, we've been this year with just one right back again. So, mm. you know, that's a worry, I, I isn't think it? that would be nice. Well, well, look, I mean, it would be, you know, it'd be nice to keep Aurea as, as, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, he, he did provide a lot of assists last year and there have been times where he has shown some good signs. So, look, I wouldn't be against him staying and maybe providing competition for Doherty and maybe, um, you know, being a backup right back. But look, the situation is that Spurs have to sell before they can buy so, you know, if that is the case, Spurs need, you know, he's a guy that Spurs need to get out of the door, really, um, because we, we really need other options. Um, we really need to address that striker position. But, we do. yeah, I mean, it does. It will be certainly interesting to kind of see how we uh, handle that situation with Aurea. It does indeed. And you have to say on Aurea, by the token fact, the amount of games we've got coming up, he will definitely get game time. He definitely will get game time if he's still at Spurs. And to be fair, he's still training away. He's in a fresh new trim. So it'll be interesting to see, like I say, the games he features in. It might be plodded to come in the Europa League. Now, I think the main question will be centre-backs because we've got some candidates here. Eric Dyer, Toby Alderweireld, Davinson Sanchez, Jaffet Tanganga. Possibly, we know Tanganga obviously played left and right back as well for Tottenham last season. But I'll make it easier for you coming round to you, Dan. Who, Dan, for you is your preferred centre-back pairing this coming weekend? And I suppose that kind of opens it up. Is it a back three or is it going to be a, a centre-back pairing for you at the weekend against Everton? I think pairing, um, I'd go with Sanchez and Toby. I don't quite know what's happening with Tanganga. Uh, hasn't seemed to have been featuring or any mention of him. Um, going forward, I think I'd I'd hope for a Toby and Tanganga centre-back pairing. Um, like I'm saying, and with all the games coming up, everyone's going to get their chance and it will become much clearer what the what the system will be on a regular basis and if it's a pairing who the who the pair will be um i think sanchez and toby should should be enough to to see us through um get another clean sheet 
I agree with you. That would actually be my sentiment about Perrin as well, Dan. I think for me, you know, it's got a bit of pace in there with Sanchez, Alderweire, who, you know, reads the game very, very well. And I do think for me personally, I think Sanchez plays better alongside Alderweire than where I've seen Sanchez alongside Dyer. I know, like I say, the back end of last season, it appeared that that might have been Mourinho's preferred partnership because we saw Alderweire miss a couple of games, a project restart. But I just wonder, coming around to you, John, uh, what do you see happening for you? Do you see the same as Dan, it being a back two, or do you see it a back three? No, I think it'll be a back two, but I'm going to switch it up a bit. I actually think Eric Dyer will start the game. Uh, I think based on the fact that he went away with England, uh, kept two clean sheets, played at centre-half in, in both games, uh, I, I think we'll see Eric Dyer start. I actually think Davidson Sanchez is the better centre-half, but I think Mourinho uh, has sort of sold his project to Eric Dyer that he's going to reinvent him as the centre-half and he recently signed a new contract. So, I expect him to start alongside uh, Toby Alderweireld. Jamie, coming around to you, we've kind of got a split at the moment. I mean, I personally feel it'll be a back two. I would like to see Sanchez and I would like to see Alderweireld. John there thinks Eric Dyer might be given the nod. Who do you think, in your opinion, Spurs will have in that defence? Will it be a back two? Will it be a back three? What's your pairings? Definitely a back two. Um, and I think that, oh, I, I don't think, I, I, I'm very confident that it will be Eric Dyer. Um, obviously, it was very interesting that uh, Sanchez and Alderweireld did very well towards the uh, towards the end of last season, and of course, I think for that final game, Eric Dyer came straight back into the team. So it's very clear that Jose Mourinho is a big fan of Eric Dyer. I think there was a moment on the uh, on the documentary where they mentioned how Eric Dyer is really one of the only confrontational people in that team, and as we know, Jose Mourinho kind of wants that, and and clearly he really likes Eric Dyer. So I'm very confident it'll be Eric Dyer. And then, of course, Toby Alderweireld. I think he's kind of that main central defender. As I said, again, you know, it comes down to experience. Alderweireld has a lot of that. He's looked a lot better under Jose Mourinho, and he did look very good um, during Project Restart. Um, so I'm very confident be those two. But you know, I'm a really, really big fan of Davinson Sanchez. I think that he has got a very big future, and it will be frustrating to see him get dropped. And it was, you know, he, he did kind of add that that nice compliment to Alderweireld, where he, you know, he has that sort of pace. Um, and that agility, um, you know, he's a very athletic guy. And, you know, so, but unfortunately, I think it will be Eric Dyer and uh, Alderweireld for me. Now, obviously, turning our attention to left back, we're going to fly through some of these teams because, um, or should I say, fly through some of these players because we could be here a long, long evening with this squad. Left back wise at the moment, our options, you'd probably say we've got Danny Rose, who from our understanding here at the last one on Spurs, Danny is on his way to Genoa. Not quite Milan, to be honest. Uh, not what Danny was maybe expecting, but he's two hours, as we understand, from Milan. So, again, depending if Danny wants to fancy a trip, you know, he's he's not far at all away. Let's get some reactions to that very, very quickly. Jamie, starting with you. Danny Rose, not quite where he wanted to go, maybe. He's heading to Italy, Jay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he'll be very disappointed when he finds the chip shops there. But won't, <laughs> I don't think you'll find any of them there. So And not generous um, on their portions either out there, Jay, I can tell you. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm glad to see him go. Unfortunately, it is yeah. the right time for him to move on. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it will be Ben Davis starting the left back. Um, he's a guy that does divide opinion. But mm. look, for me, I think the way that he does, you know, Jose Marino lines up the defence in terms of having that right back going forward and then the, the left back slotting in. I think Ben Davis kind of does that role very well. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm quite pleased to see Ben Davis and I think he will start. Um, on the weekend. Perfect. John, coming round to you, we've got a, a number of options at left back. I mean, there's Sessegnon still there. We're not quite sure what 
position Session will play. Is he going to be a left back? Is he going to be a left winger? Is he going to be, like I say, a left wing forward? It's still kind of up in the air. Give us your thoughts, John, on the left back position. Also, do you want to give a little tribute or say a few words about Danny Rose? Maybe tribute was a bit too strong for you, John, actually. What do you, th what do you think? You know, sometimes if you haven't got anything nice to say, it's better to say nothing. Uh, I'll probably take that stance on Danny Rose. Um, and then on the on the left backs that are employed for Tottenham Hotspur, um, yeah, you know, I think Ben Davies will be will be the, the first choice. But I think because we've got is it nine games in seventeen days or that's right, yeah, nine around. in seventeen, crazy, yeah. crazy period. Yeah, we'll, we'll see plenty of Ryan Sessegnon in multiple positions uh, and also Dennis Serkin. So yeah, yeah I, I think I think Davies is the first choice going into the season, and that position could change as the season develops and and different players come and and see how they perform. But I think we've got three different candidates to play left back and Danny Rose isn't one of them and uh, and he'll be moving on. Yep, very much seems that way. Coming over to you, Dan, like I say, we've kind of just mentioned it there. It seems Rose will get his move. He will be going to Italy. Probably not his preferred club, but he will get some sunshine out there. For you, obviously, as you guys know on the last one on Spurs, we've got John and Dan on from Lily White underscore Rose. Massive, massive account that really does kind of focus and emphasise on the youth at Tottenham, the growth you know, what the future holds. I think you'll be quite excited, Dan, maybe to see the likes of, obviously, Dennis Serkin now maybe being involved in these future squads. Of course, we've got other Spurs players in the midfield that are also going to be coming in that are through the youth. What do you think for you, Dan, at the weekend, that left-back spot holds? And any words you want to say on Danny Rose, feel free to do so. Pretty clearly, I think Davis will be playing. And Serkin now has a real opportunity to... Um, consolidate um, at least being a backup uh, for Davis. He's not going to go anywhere on loan. He's been involved in numerous match day squads um, and competing with Sessegnon, which should be really healthy. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty sad what's happened with Rose, really. Um, we all remember how he burst on the scene. I think looking back on our longest serving player, 12 years or so, he's probably only had two, maybe three seasons max at, at, the, at the top of his game. And I think in his head, he still thinks he's there um, with the, the teams that he wants wants to be linked with, the teams that he wanted to be going to. I think Lee made a good point on one of the last pods that his, he hasn't quite been the same since Carl Walker left. He saw, he saw what Carl Walker um, was able to do, move back up north, win trophies with Man City, greatly increase his weekly wages. Uh, and Rose as we saw in that meeting, has channeled all those frustrations off the pitch. And he's had lots of, of, of issues, clearly. I think he, he's been quite deluded in, in terms of his ability. And you could see in the showdown with Mourinho, which has got a lot of attention. But I think it's quite rightly so that it was just shocking how he was going about his business. They also showed a clip in the dressing room when he was digging someone out which seemed to be met with silence. Uh, I don't think he has many friends really left out of the club. So sad, sad way to go. And I didn't I believe Genoa finished 17th, just hovering above relegation, um, which seemingly is his level. But I think it's, if you have a club like Newcastle with their current status, not, not wanting to keep him on, having had him, you said that so straight, Dad. I've got to say, mate, the way you said that was, I, I think that's his level. It's the way you just said it. So, yeah. <laughs> so straight, but it's, it's the reality, isn't it? It's like, it's like you say, it's the, um, it's the reality. I mean, what I've got to say, like I say, you look at the team at the moment. So, I mean, defence-wise, Cameron Carter-Vickers, one-fourth. 
at the moment, their futures are kind of still up in the air. We're not sure if either player will be here um, come the end of the window. Just to kind of finish up with you, Dan, on that, um, you mentioned there about Sirkin, about Davis. So I think we're all going to maybe opt to say probably Ben Davis will get given the nod at the weekend. Carter Vickers and Foyth, very quickly for you, Dan, because we've got to move on to the midfield. What's their future at Tottenham? Is there one for those two players? I think it's pretty clear Mourinho doesn't favour Foyth. He's one of those that, when he gets his opportunity, he doesn't stamp his authority on the position. He makes silly errors. He's clearly a good footballer, but it's clear that Mourinho doesn't rate him. Uh, in terms of Carter Vickers, I think he'll be there unless he's um, replaced, uh, I'm sure, in the market for another centre-back. That's always a different question to whether we're actually going to end up with anyone. So come the end of the window... Um, in October, we'll need Carter Vickers probably in a few games. Um, we'll know much better then. And coming around to you, John, we're going to focus on this midfield now. We've got many, many options. Now, rather than going through each and every player, I'm just going to simply ask you, John, to kind of name me your Spurs midfield. And then from the other guys, we're going to decipher who is the odd link, who will be missing, who will be starting. So we've got many options here, John. Of course, we've got Harvey White, Jetson Fernandez, Tungi Ondombele, Muta Sissoko, Harry Winks, Pierre-Emir Hoybier. I'm not going to throw the Celso in there because obviously it looks like the Celso will definitely miss out this game. As we understand it here, he's going to miss several games. There's no confirmation as to how many, but he will definitely not be involved the weekend. John, what's the central midfield looking like for you at the weekend? Personally, go Hoybier. Sissoko and Delhi. Okay, so Hoybier, Delhi, and Sissoko there for John. Are we kind of in agreement, guys? Delhi Ali will start as the number 10, and I think that Winks, and, yeah, as, as we said, Winks and uh, Hoybier will start as that middle two. Um, the, the other player that I wanted to bring up as well is obviously Soko. I know he's, you know, again, he's a player that does really divide opinion, but he's a guy that started for the French national team against Croatia this week. And so that kind of shows you the level that he's at now. And, you know, Jose Mourinho, on a lot of occasions, put his trust in him as well. So, you know, it, it does show that he is like a really influential player. Clearly, he's obviously a talented player as well. So I think that, you know, he's certainly, you know, we, we talk about lack of central midfield options. Well, we've got a guy who starts for France there. So, you know, I, I certainly think that he's a guy that, you know, again, I'm looking forward to seeing play um, in, in that central midfield role. Um, because we've got holding midfielder now, maybe that will allow him an opportunity to be more expressive. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Sissoko as well. But Winks and Hoybier, I think, will be the two that will start in central midfield. Okay, perfect. I think I would probably go alongside that, Dan. Would you disagree at all? Is that the kind of midfield central avenue you'd be going for? Nice to be able to talk about options, actually, for Mm. once. Um, It's been picking itself in recent times. Um, I guess following on from what I said earlier, I'll I'll have to go with (laughs) Endombele and and Hoybier in there. Um, Winks hasn't had much game time of late. Again, hasn't really been explained. so I don't. I know he's back in training. I don't know how match fit he is. Um, I agree that Delhi's Delhi's going to start. He has to start. He needs to build some confidence. Um, needs to get back in the England team again. He was one of the poor performers at, at and disappointing performers at Watford. Um, Hoybier will definitely start. Um, like Jamie said, um, it's easy to to underrate Sissoko. He's he's a huge influence. Um, I love seeing him in the team. I think the new personnel will complement him. Um, so actually, I don't have particularly strong views because there are actually options now that um, uh, quite a few combinations will work. But I think 
definitely Hoybier and then either Sissoko or Ndombele alongside him. Okay, it sounds like we're pretty much settled in our midfield. We could see Ndombele by the sounds of it. We, we may not. There's, like I say, a split there across the team. So let's look at the wingers we've got because we've got loads of them, loads of wingers. We have been linked to Damari Gray because Spurs haven't got enough. So there you go. I, I can't see that one happening somehow. But then again, Spurs, we do have this habit of buying players for positions that we don't particularly need. We've needed a striker for the last three years, but we keep on buying wingers. The beauty of Tottenham, of course. John, many, many options in terms of our wide areas, as I mentioned. Bergvine, Mora, Lamella, Son. I mean, what do you see, John, for you being the options up top? Because we all know, hopefully, fingers crossed, Harry Kane's going to start. Because we have no other striker, unless we go to Keon Tete, obviously, in the reserves. So tell us what you reckon the options will be, John, wide area-wise for Tottenham. Uh, Son would always be after Harry, my, my first name on the team sheet. So Son's 100% starting. Uh, he's banging four in pre-season. He's been doing absolute, you know, scoring goals four and four. Uh, seems to have a good record against Everton as well. I would personally start Stephen Bergwijn on the on the right wing. Uh, I just feel like he, you know, he, he's been brilliant since we signed him. Constant threat, can can run directly like that goal he scored against Man United. Uh, he's got pace, power, trickery. Got a great finish on him as well. But I actually think Mourinho will probably go with Lucas to start. Uh, he, he seems to really trust them, rely on Lucas, and Lucas really works his ass off for the team. If you look at the distance he covers, the pressing he does, uh, and the chance creation he sets up for others. So I think the manager will probably go with Lucas, but if I was taking the pick as I am here, I would go with Stevie Bergwijn on, on the right wing. That's the thing at the moment, isn't it? I think there's that kind of a definitive split in terms of whether you go with Mora or whether you go with Bergvine. But I mean, Bergvine, he looked ever so good towards the end of last season. To be fair, you know, the goals he scored for us, you know, against the likes of Man United and of course, how we can we not forget Man City. I think this could be a massive, massive season for the Dutchman. Jamie, coming around to you, give us what your wingers are going to be for the game at the weekend. What do you think? John said, I think Son is one of the first names on that team sheet. So, of course, he'll start. Um, I, I think that Deli Ali will start as maybe a number 10. Um, obviously, the big debate will be whether it's Lucas or Bergvine. And, and for me, I think, as, as John said again, I think that it will be Lucas. Um, I think he's a guy that Jose Mourinho really likes, you know, similar to Eric Dyer. He just seems to really trust him. He likes the fact that he obviously gives a lot for the team. Um, you know, he, I remember against Arsenal, you know, that. Again, you know, the, the amount of ground that he covered, it's, it's all that. He works so hard for the team. So, uh, yeah, I think that Lucas will be the guy that's given the nod. So, it looks like we're all decided. Hummin son across the board will be starting for Tottenham. Bergvine and Mora is always a debate. Dan, let's finish up with you on this topic. Who for you are going to be the wingers that are going to be in this Tottenham team to face Everton at the weekend? Son, of course. Um, looking very sharp. Was able was, to yeah. do a pitch a pitch long run to to save our sorrows or at least not losing as badly to Watford uh, to clear it off the line in the last minute um kind of the reverse of what he did for career against Germany also in the last minute so um he's looking raring to go Mourinho has paid a lot of faith in Lucas and I think he's one of the players actually that tangibly has improved um under Mourinho um his his way of opening it up and being a bit clever with the ball, which was absent beforehand, much more of a um, along with his hard working ability, he's a bit of a head down player, uh, better at finishing off chances than creating them. So he has looked much better in that way. But I think Bergwijn is one of the players I'm most excited about this season. Um, he's he's been used quite sparingly, um, given the explosive start he he's had, um, scoring goals for Holland. 
um, has everything you'd want from someone in that position, pays power, has already scored big goals. Um, Lucas is more than known quantity, um, but I'd be more excited to see Bergwijn starting, so I'd go with him. Okay, perfect. So it sounds like we've kind of got our wingers there. It looks like we're going with Stevie B, and we're going with Hummin Son with Harry Kane up top. So guys, it is time to finish with predictions, because this is the time where we nail ourselves to the mask in terms of trying to give a verdict as to how Spurs are going to get their new 20-21 to 21 season underway. It still feels so strange saying that, bearing in mind we've only just finished last season. I'm going to start with Jamie for this one. Jamie, thoughts on this game of the weekend? For me personally, it will not be easy. I think we've got an Everton side coming that, you know, new season. Again, a manager that's in his first full season, the same as Jose Mourinho. The battle of the serial winners, of course. Two men that have won pretty much everything there is to win in the game. What's your verdict for this one, Jay? I'm really looking forward to it. You know, Premier League action finally being back. So, really, really exciting for that. But, um, look, one thing that we really did towards the end of last season was make the new stadium a real fortress. Um, that Leicester game was really impressive. And that was kind of exactly what we're looking to do under Jose Mourinho. Um, you know, fantastic counter-attacking football and comfortably won 3-0. So, I think we've shown that um, towards, especially towards the end of last season, that we're starting to learn under Jose Mourinho. We've, you know, ourselves, we've plugged some gaps. You know, maybe it's not, as we've said, the flashiest of signings, but we've got that holding midfield. We've got that right back now. So we're kind of looking like a more balanced squad. And that's exactly what Jose Mourinho said prior to the window opening. He wanted a squad that was better balanced. And so far, he's got some good additions in the right areas that we needed. So I'm confident in our own squad. I'm confident, given the form that we finished last season in, um, and I'm confident that we, you know, we're looking like a very good side of that new stadium. So I think that we will get the win on the weekend. And uh, for me, I'm going for a two-nil win. A two-nil win. Got that. A new season. A clean sheet as well for Jamie. God, Jay, what's going on? Clean sheet as well for Tottenham. There you go. What way to start a season that would be? Dan, let me come round to you. Thoughts on the weekend? What are we going for? Remaining confident. Um, I'll go for a one-nil, one-nil win. Um, one nil, only one nil, Dan. Only one nil. Uh, we can't forget we've still got Mourinho, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm surprised you're going for the clean sheet more than the Mourinho factor on the goals. Yeah, true. I just I'm seeing a continuation of last season. Um, okay. I think I'm going to go for a Hoybier debut goal. Wow. We saw, okay. We saw quite a few debut goals last it's, season it's too. A great point. Okay. Um, we're going to have a bit too much pace for their for their back four, I think. Without Holgate, they're, they're really lacking in pace. And yep. if anyone doesn't rate Sanchez, Mina is is inferior to him. So um, I think we'll get a goal. We Hopefully we'll get more. Kane will be hungry, having had quite um, frustrating uh, games for England and not, not having his goal. I think, we'll, I think we'll be fine. Maybe the priority for Kane is just not getting injured rather than scoring. So I'll go for Hoybier to score. Fantastic. And John, finishing up with you, the other, the optimist, always positivity. What we're going for, John, at the weekend? You've always said Everton's no fear for you. Hope this is not a meme. The full house, Rick. I'm going for a comfortable 2-0 Tottenham win. I think all over the pitch, we're better than them 1-11. to Each player, uh, you know, you look at the likes, as I said, of, of Doherty being in front of Coleman in the Ireland squad. You look at the fact that Hoybier was their number one midfield target before they signed any of these players which has led to them so-called winning the transfer window. Hoybier was the man they wanted. He wasn't interested. He wanted to play Lily White, and he's going to show them why on Sunday. Very confident 2-0 win. 
Absolutely love it. Well, there you go, guys. That is the big Everton preview done for you. The team, Everton covered. The prediction, the tactics, the lineup. Massive, massive game for Tottenham Hotspur this coming weekend. The start of a new season. The start to dream. The start to believe. Jose Mourinho's first full season in charge. And you know what that means? Trophies are on their way. Thank you very much to Jamie, to John and to Dan. John and Dan, of course, from Lily White Rose. Jamie over at the Daily Hotspur. Go and make sure you're checking these guys out on Twitter. Whatever you're doing, if you're not following these accounts, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? The start of a new season, big season, as I keep on emphasising. Trophies are coming. And as always, come on, you Spurs! You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen someone covered Twitter, Instagram. What happened to us this season is impossible. Another injury is the last thing Spurs need right now. How do we do that? Tottenham are out. We are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. One team and good guys. But good guys, they never win. Play aggressive. How is the rat? Hey, please! And believe that you can win. Courage. Honesty. Friendship. That's the most important thing in life and in football. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.